Amen, amen. So John chapter number one, verses six to 14, you'll see it there behind me on the screen. And I'm reading this from the New Living Translation. And it says this, God sent a man, John the Baptist, to tell about the light so that everyone might believe because of his testimony. John himself was not the light. He was simply a witness to tell about the light. The one who is the true light who gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He came into the very world he created, and the world didn't recognize him. He came to his own people, and even they rejected him. But to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. They are born not with a physical birth, resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. And verse 14 says, so the word became human or flesh and made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. And we have seen his glory, the glory of the father's one and only son. Amen. And today I want to use for a topic, hope, why bother? Hope, why bother? Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word this morning. I pray that it will be exactly what your people need. Holy Spirit, feed us. Bread of life, feed us. We thank you and we receive this word of hope today with expectant hearts. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Hope, why bother? Why bother being hopeful? Why bother being excited? Why bother looking towards the future with expectation. And many people, as Verte even was saying earlier, many people for you this year was hard, was tough, was rough. For some of you, it was the best year of your life. You business up, your investments up, your 401k up, all of those things. And some of you are in between. Some seasons were hard. The spring might have been tough and the summer might have been great or, or the summer might have been stressful and the fall is turning out all right. And as I begin to think about this, I begin to think about so many who are feeling hopeless, feeling hopeless without answers, without a plan, without a future, feeling hopeless about the economy. We hear that every day on the news, the jobs, the interest rates on housing market. Amen. Oh, my mom's house is okay. They say it's going down next year. Hopeless about many, many things. But no matter if this was the best year of your life or the worst year of your life, I want to give you a few reasons why you should be hopeful and why you should be excited about the future and why you should wake up every day and say, you know what? Today might have been tough, but this year might have been hard, but this season might have been rough, but I still have a reason to be hopeful. Hope for the future. Hope for your family. Hope for your relationships. Hope for your bank account. In Jesus' name. <laughs> Believing this thing going to get better. Now. I know. <laughs> what the bills? The bills are due. <laughs> but I want to encourage you today, man. That's all I thought about this week. And I want to tell you something, even just on the side. I was going to preach something else today. I had some other notes written down. I said, I'm going to preach that. That's not good. That, we, that should be good. And I sat there at my desk back then. I said, I just felt Lord saying, hmm. I got something else. I got something new. And I begin to just hear this word hope. Why should we be hopeful? When the news is telling you be discouraged, when TikTok is telling you be angry, 
when Instagram is telling you why you should, I'm going to tell you why you should be hopeful, man. Hopeful. And this is the first thing. We have hope because we have been given light in a dark place. Light in a dark place. I don't know if you've ever woken up in the middle of the night and you've ever tried to find the light switch. And y'all, Lord Jesus, we turned the light on. You be looking crazy. You in there with your robe on. <laughs> you trying to feel the wall. You ever, y'all, okay, I'm the only one ever. You trying to feel the wall and you in there, you done stepped on the kids' toys. And I know y'all don't curse, but, you know, you done about cuss step. You ever stepped on a Lego in the middle of the night? My God, it'll make you say, Lord, help Jesus. <laughs> I'm going to pray y'all say, Lord Jesus. Don't say nothing else. Say, Lord, help. In the, you ever stepped on a Lego in the dark? Walking, trying to get to the bathroom, trying to get downstairs, trying to get to the kitchen, but can't try, quite find that light. You fumbling, can't quite get your footing, don't, don't know what's what, don't know who is. You ever fumbled around in the dark? It's hard. It's stressful trying to find light when you ain't got it. It's stressful when you find I, in a dark place. And you don't know which way is up or down. You don't know which way is left or right. You don't know who's laying next to you or not. Okay, we'll get about it. It's rough in the dark. I said, I'm going to be short today. We got to go. We're getting that. But we, this is why we have hope, because we have been given that light in a dark place. The scriptures tell us in John chapter 1, we just read it, verse 9. It says, the one who is the true light, speaking of Christ Jesus, who gives light to everyone has come into the world. He has given us the light, man, so that we no longer have to fumble around aimlessly, have to fumble around trying to figure out what's next and what do I do about this and what do I do about the money and what do I do about my relationship. Jesus says, I've come to give you light so you don't have to struggle in the dark, so you don't have to wrestle in it, so you don't have to trip over the same things over and over again because you have no light. And in this world, our world can be very dark sometimes. Our neighborhoods can be very dark sometimes. Lord, sometimes the darkness is in me. My God, I said, God, get it out. He said, I've given you light in a dark place. I have come as your savior. And he says this in John chapter 8, verse 12. It says, Jesus spoke to the people once more and said, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness. You won't have to try and figure it out on your own. But I've given you, as the word says in Psalms, his word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path to where you don't have to stumble from job to job. You don't have to stumble from relationship to relationship trying to feel your way. You don't have to stumble from depression to depression. He said, I've given you light so that you can see your way. That is a reason that we have hope. Because whether you found yourself in a dark place today or over this last year, you got some light. You got the, uh, not just some light, you got the source of light. The Bible says that God is light. In him, there is no darkness. And we have hope because if you find yourself in a dark place, we have been given. Like this is the next reason we have hope is because we have hope because we have a savior who knows what it means to be rejected and still overcome. We have a savior who knows what it means to be rejected and still overcome. In verse number 10, it says he came into the very world he created, but the world did not recognize him. He came to his own people and even they rejected him. We have hope because you and I are not the only ones that have experienced rejection. 
You and I are not the only ones who have experienced being misunderstood. You and I are not the only ones who's experienced being the black sheep of the family. You and I are not the only one who's experienced those angry conversations at the dinner table. Why you ain't you the problem? You the one that's called, you the one on the outside looking in. You are not the only one who's experienced that type of rejection. But it says that of Christ, he has faced the same thing. The same type of rejection, the same type of friends turning their back on him, the same type of being lied on. I don't know if you've ever been lied on and been unable to tell your side of the story. It says that Christ has experienced this same rejection, but this is why we have hope. Because even though and even when he experienced that same rejection, he was still able to love the world, die for the world save the world and continues to be a light to this world today. So what he's telling us and why we have hope because Christ is saying to all of us, if you've been rejected, I've been where you are. If you've been misunderstood, I have been where you are. If you have been cast out and cast to the side, I have been where you are. I experienced those same feelings and I'm telling you, you can overcome it. I have, ah, this is so good because Christ comes to us every day and says, I've been where you at. You can overcome. I face what you face and you can overcome it. You may say, well, Christ faced this. I didn't know he was known. The Bible says he was tempted at all points where we are tempted. It says everything that you think, everything that you face, Christ says to you, I've been there. I know what it's like to feel that temptation. I know what it's like to feel that anger. I know what it's like to feel that misunderstanding. I know what it's like to feel that confusion. And I'm telling you, you can overcome it. It says this in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15. It says, the high priest of ours, speaking of Christ, understands our weaknesses. For he has faced all the same testings we do, yet he did not sin. There is a book by the name of, uh, there's a book by the name of Gentle and Lowly by an author named Dane Ortland, And he says this, the reason that Jesus is in such close solidarity with us is that the difficult path we are on is not unique to us. He has journeyed it himself. He has walked the path that you are walking. And even in the the, the rejections, even in the hardships, even in the misunderstanding, he says, take hope. Because he goes on to say, it's like a doctor who's had the same disease and and he's now prescribing you medicine. Like, I know what it is. It's one thing you go to the doctor, they'd be like, "Mm, I don't know what to tell you, man. Try this. (laughs) He says that Christ is like a doctor saying, I've been on that deathbed. And I'm nah, I got a oh, Lord Jesus. Let me see what time is. He said, I've been on that deathbed and I got a medicine for you that will rise you up. I know what it is to be there at my last breath and I have a solution for you. And we have that type of savior. See, no other religion has that. Buddha ain't come and say, I've been with you. No, they don't know. The Hindu gods and all thousands of them, they ain't been where you at. But Christ said, I've been right there and I'm telling you, you can overcome it. And we have hope because of that. This is the next thing. We're rolling out of here. It says that we, we have hope, number three, because we can always start over with God. We have hope because we can always start over. You ever heard this phrase, people talk about reinventing yourself? They say, I was reading this article a little while ago. They said that every, some, one article says 10 years, another says seven. Every seven to 10 years, they say you should reinvent yourself. You know, try a new thing, get a new hobby, style your hair a different way, start to do, change up your style. They say even naturally at a certain time, you should reinvent yourself. But I love this with God because he says this is the greatest reinvention of all in verse number 12. It says, but all to all who believed in him and accepted him, he gave the right to become 
the children of God. And verse 13 says they are reborn not of a physical birth resulting in human passion or plan, but a new birth that comes from God. I love this. We have hope because I'm telling you, let me just say this, that you are one decision away from a transformation. You are one decision away from a brand new start. This is why even this time of year is so prophetic and significant for us. Because at every start of the year, we get a prophetic sense of what it means to start over. And say, man, I might not have done it right. I might have had some ups and some downs in 23. But God, even in the calendar, prophetically tells us, you can start over. You can say, you know what, last January, I might have did it wrong, but I'm going to do it right this January. This is how we get New Year's resolutions. Anybody got some new? Okay. New Year's resolutions. Because what we are saying is that you can always start over. You can always start fresh. No matter what your last year has been, and I know even that, no matter what your life has been, God comes to us as a, with an opportunity and says, I don't care if you're 30, 40, 50, or 70, you can be reborn. You can start over. You can get a clean slate in God. And he says this. He says those who believe in him, he gives them the right to become something they couldn't become by themselves, something they couldn't become by their own works, something they couldn't become by their own merits, but become the children of God. The Bible tells us that you might have heard the scripture in 2 Corinthians 5 and 17 that this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. A new, I like that. Thank you, Mishaka. A new creature or a new creation. This is a reason that we have hope because at any moment you can start over, man. And you can say, you know what? It might have been rough the last six months, but I'm starting over. I might not have been walking with God for the last 10 years, but I'm starting over. My finance, my budget might have got out of hand in 23. Christmas went a little crazy this year. I'm starting over. I'm going to start saving. I'm going to start investing. Come on, a finance coach back there. I'm going to start doing some things differently. And God gives us prophetically that opportunity, first in relationship with him, but also just in your day-to-day. Have hope that you can wake up tomorrow on Christmas morning and say, you know, I'm going to start over. I'm going to start new. And I said it a second. I'm going to say it again. You're one decision away from starting over. And saying, I'm going to do this thing a different way. I'm going to turn this archer another way and go a different direction from where I've been going before. We have hope because you can always make that decision. And this is the very last thing. Is that you, we have hope because there is an answer for every problem that we face. For every problem that we face, there is a solution. I want you to think about, don't think too hard about them. Don't take too long. Think about your problems just for two seconds. Okay, you got them. All right. Don't think about too long. For everything that just popped into your mind, there's an answer. There's a solution. You might not see it yet. You might not know exactly what it is yet. You might be praying about it and say, Holy Spirit, show me. You might be fasting about it and say, God, give me the plan. But for every problem you face, there's an answer. There is a solution. And for us, I just want to say this side, but we got to, well, let me not get out of that, but we, we can't take victim mentality and say everything's happening to me. I don't know what to do. No, no. There's an answer to this thing. I might not see it yet. I might be trying to get through it. It might be a tough answer, but there is a solution to every problem we face in your natural life, but also in the spirit. And this is why Christ came to be the answer. Mankind had the biggest problem that we could not solve on our own, and that is the problem of being separated from Father God because of the sin nature. Fallen mankind. And Christ has come to be the very answer to that most important problem. So whether your issue is you're not saved, 
Maybe your problem is I don't know Jesus. Maybe your problem is I'm having some financial issues. Maybe your problem is me and my wife and my husband are not seeing eye to eye. Maybe your problem is, God, I want to be married. I don't see no viable candidates. Whatever it is, I want to tell you to have hope because there's an answer. There is an answer to every problem that we face. And most importantly, it's found in Christ. Amen. Amen. I pray you have some hope this season. I pray you have some hope today. Man, I want you to begin to look over your life. The Bible tells us, man, he says, take heart, take courage, be strong, be courageous, have some hope. Have some hope. If you got to cry it out for a second, cry it out and then have some hope. If you got to fuss with God and God, I don't understand what's going on, fuss with God and then have some hope for your future. He He says, I know the plans I have for you. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you, to give you a future and a hope. Amen? Amen. I pray you take some hope this season. I pray you look towards your future with eyes of expectation. Amen? Amen? Come on, let us pray. Father, we thank you for this word today. Father, we thank you, God, 